Multiple Eargasms with Kaylee Loring welcomes you to the following presentation of a very special episode about co-authors Connor Crace and Kaylee Loring. You'll hear Kaylee and Connor talk about writing and their football romance novel Decker changing the play and football and how little Kaylee understands about football and how funny Connor thinks it is that Kaylee knows nothing at all about football and how awesome Connor is and some dirty words and how hilarious it is that Kaylee knows so little about football. Number 12, Johnny Decker, star quarterback for the Boston Tomcats, two-time Super Bowl MVP a decade ago. Nickname, Decker, the panty wrecker. I get tackled for a living by men who are built like rhinos. I could take the wings off a fly with a football from 30 yards away. I wouldn't but I could. Being a veteran quarterback means I'm a mentally alert, fine-tuned athletic machine who can make split-second decisions. It's my job to anticipate what's going to happen next and adapt. But I couldn't have anticipated the death of our beloved team owner. His estranged daughter, Hannah Strong, is a finance nerd from New York. She knows less than nothing about football. Know what she didn't anticipate? Inheriting the Boston Tomcats. She's stubborn uptight, infuriating, and wrong about absolutely everything. From pizza to how to run my team. And I don't want to talk about how good she looks in a skirt or daydream about how good she'd look out of it. Really, I don't. I'm not Decker the Penny Wrecker anymore. I've changed. I can't stop arguing with her or thinking about her. I thought I had a winning play, but Hannah Strong changed everything. Hello. You just heard narrator Connor Crace read the blurb for our book, Decker, Changing the Play, which he co-wrote with me. The book will be in Kindle Unlimited on January 13th, 2022, and the audiobook will come out well over a month after that. If you haven't already heard, Connor Crace, who was my guest on episode two of this podcast, is the extremely talented and very popular, somewhat new romance narrator who voiced Declan Cannavale in A Very Bossy Christmas and Eddie Cannavale in A Very Friendly Valentine's Day and Jack Irons in Love Interest and Pops Brody in the Brody Brothers series. He's uh, my new co-author on some upcoming books, and that is what we'll be talking about in today's episode. Uh, it seems like I'm always apologizing in advance for something in these intros, and uh, this time I want to apologize in advance for the truly terrible accents you'll hear me do at some point in this episode. They will cause you to have whatever you call the opposite of orgasms, but hopefully you'll just laugh at me like Connor does. But first, you're going to hear from an actually new narrator named Dane Anderson. Dane was the voice of Gavin the train conductor in the audio for A Very Friendly Valentine's Day. He is going to read a very special list for us. A very funny audiobook listener and fan named Carrie Wallace is a huge Chicago Bears fan. So Connor and I decided that since there's going to be a Chicago team in Decker, which is the first book in the Boston Tomcats series, we should ask Carrie if she'd like to do the honor of coming up with a name for the fictional Chicago NFL team in our books. And about a week later, on a Friday night, I believe, when she was possibly a little bit drunk, she sent me 
screenshots of a list of potential names on her phone. And let's just say that because we weren't writing a comedic porno, we were not able to actually use any of those options. So she came back with another name and we did use that one. But the list was just too good not to share. So you can now choose your favorite from the list, which will be read to you by Dane Anderson. And right after that, you will hear the conversation between me and Connor. And then I'm going to disappear into my writing cave again with Connor. And the podcast will have a brief hiatus until early 2022. And I just want to say happy holidays. I certainly didn't start this year thinking I would have my own podcast. And while I really had no idea how much time and work I'd have to put into doing a podcast, I have absolutely loved this experience. And I am so pleased and grateful that you're actually listening to it. So here's to more orgasms and laughter in 2022. All right, folks, we have a football team to name. And this is a responsibility that I don't think anyone takes lightly. Gary certainly did not take this responsibility lightly. She understood the assignment when she channeled all of her dirty, perverted brain power to come up with this extensive list for consideration. So, <laughs> I'm gonna have a hard time getting through this. Without any more ado, I present the Chicago Whitecocks. <laughs> the Chicago Blackcocks, not to be confused with the hockey team. The Chicago Racial Equality Cocks. Chicago All Cocks Matter. The Chicago Erectors. The Chicago Pipe Layers. That has to be the most sexually charged job title I've ever heard of. Oh yeah, what do you do? I lay pipe. The Chicago Rain. The Chicago Gushers. Oh my god. <laughs> the Chicago White Spurts. I don't think it matters what the score is, that sounds like a win. The Chicago Panty Raiders. The Chicago Lakers. The Chicago Horsecocks. Alright, this one I'm gonna say a little bit slower. The Chicanalingus Lickers. Chicanalingus Lickers. The Chicago Barebacks. Chicago Pounders. Chicago Deep Dickers. Chicago Reverse Cowgirls. <laughs> oh my god. What is going on inside this brain? The Chicago Cum Fillers. <laughs> the Chicago Cum Drainers. The Chicago Deep Throaters. Chicago Cock Whisperers. The Chicago Climax. The Chicago Cock Riders. <laughs> the Chicago Cum Pumpers. The Chicago Panty Peelers. The Chicago Finger Bangers. Chicago Clit Flickers. <laughs> Chicago Cum Guns. Oh my god, I'm having a hard time seeing here. <laughs> Chicago Beaver Bashers. 
and the Chicago Big Dogs. See, that one actually sounds like it could be a real sports team, and therefore I think it has no place on this list. So there we have it. Good luck and happy choosing. Oh, he's trying to connect to audio again. Connor Crace is connected to audio. Recording in progress. <laughs> That's really creepy. That's <laughs> even creepier than the lady. Okay, so we're going to do this episode a little differently because we're just, we asked for fans to send in questions for us about um, co-writing together and this particular uh, football romance specifically. And so we're just going to like answer questions because they're good questions. And so that will be the structure. Um, and structure is very important to Connor Grace, as you will find after we answer some of these questions. So the first question is from Michelle Sutton. For either or both of you, which one of you chose the storyline and the character details for Decker? Connor, since you chose the storyline, would you like to explain? Yeah, well, I'm curious uh, if my memory of it matches yours. So. I think it was your idea to write together. It was your idea, you threw out football, and then <laughs> I ran the race, right? You're kidding me, that right? right? That's not even close to right. I mean, no? yes, it was. That's... I mean, I, I, okay, well, first of all, it was Jen's idea for us to write together. We'll okay. get to that. We'll get to that later because that's someone else's question. So on our first phone conversation, which you initiated because you're the phone person, um, I know. You were like, well, you were uh, like, you were like a like a Gen Zer being called. You were like, what? Huh? What? Why didn't you text? You were. It was you were very, very not okay with it. Disturbing and confusing and discombobulating because Connor Crace is an old person who just picks up the phone and calls people whenever he wants to talk to them. What and I mean, I will just say. <laughs> I have been alive for longer than Connor Crace has, but I will always be younger than you because that dynamic is never going to change. But anyways, so how it actually went was um, Connor was like, so, hey, so did you have any ideas for um, like what we should write? And I was like, well, no, let's hear what you think. And you were like, well, I think I, I have to write a sports romance. That's um, no, 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 I no, know no, this is fact, no. I'm no. the one with the memory. No, no. You offered sports as a possibility. Maybe it wasn't football, but you offered sports as okay. a possibility it first. Okay, just hold on, grumpy old man. So, and you were like, well, so, so what sports do you like? Are you into sports? And I was like, well, I mean, the only sport that I have ever actually followed was baseball. And I said, and the thing that interests me about sports are mostly like sports psychology. And I said, and I've read a couple of, um, autobiographies by um, basketball coaches and I like I've done like March Madness fantasy game whatever's and and you just like calmly and politely listen to me and you're like uh-huh uh-huh uh -huh. and then you just launched into well I love football and like nothing else really even comes close and you're like so I I would like to write a football thing and I was like okay well I hate football and I don't understand anything about it but yeah let's do that that's fine so that's how it went. You're like a fucking, you're a football 
freight train. You just ran me over <laughs> on the tracks. That's how it okay. actually went down. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was that. But then you also the no, it was exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had recorded that conversation as evidence. But anyways, so but then but then you came up with the storyline because of course I didn't understand anything about football, but that actually kind of became a part of the story. Yes, it, it, it actually worked out perfectly. So when our heroine uh, misunderstands something about football, it was generally just taken verbatim from Kaylee, uh, <laughs> misunderstanding football. So it was just like, uh, every time she would do something like that, I'd be like, great, it's in, going in. So, uh, so yeah, that part practically wrote itself. That was convenient. Um, yeah, it was uh, yeah. But Connor, um, Connor did the initial outline, which as he, he was like, he sent it to me and he was like, this is kind of just a skeleton outline or maybe not a skeleton so much as a decaying zombie outline. <laughs> yeah, it then, had a little more flesh on it than, yeah, uh, than just um, a skeleton. Yeah. yeah, and then I, I, I fleshed it out and gave um, the character deals not details not um, not so much for Decker because he really understood uh, the hero uh, Decker as well as like his best friend character. So um, I mean we'll talk about this more later, but Connor Connor wrote the um, the male POV chapters and I wrote the female POV, and then we kind of both. Um, gave notes or edited um, each other's chapters. Um, yeah, and so I will that, say that part worked yeah. really well because, I mean, I knew the story I wanted to tell, but I hadn't really told a lot of stories before in that way. Mm -hmm. um, I knew the football, but and I know romance from reading a lot of it now mm -hmm. and narrating it. But, you know, you would come back at me and be like, well, we can't do that. That's again, you know, there are rules, sir. It's, it's um, against the rules of romance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and then I would come back with you and be like, I don't know what she's talking about with the football thing, but this is not a thing that would ever happen ever. So <laughs> we would just go back and forth that way. Um, and I and I think uh, I think it worked well. Yeah. So her ne Michelle's next question was any idea how many emails were exchanged during the writing of Decker and how many headaches ensued? Well, Michelle Sutton, I mean, it, it, for me, it's just been one long headache. And I mean, it kind of started out, what's interesting is we actually communicate on a lot of different platforms. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, we do, don't we? It started, um, it started with emails, which was just like a lot of really long email chains. And then once we started once we decided to write together, we layered in um, texting and phone calls. And then Connor likes to use Google Docs. So we share Google Docs with each other. And then if you've never used Google Docs before, you can make comments on the Google Docs. So you sort of get like an email notification that somebody else has made a comment on your Google Docs. So there's like that as well. And then we sometimes would just like make notes within the documents itself. And so it was just, um, we, we, we just, there's a lot of layers involved with all I, of this. I, I don't know. I don't know how it was. I felt like that actually went pretty smoothly. Like we figured that out really early on and there wasn't a whole lot of like frustration of trying to communicate something like whatever was the easiest way 
yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of just materialized. So. But it also, it's just sort of been like one long conversation with occasional breaks as opposed to yeah, yeah, yeah. email exchanges. Yeah. Yeah. It's yes. been like yeah. nonstop yeah. all year. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Well, you characterized it correctly. It was like it would move from email and then you text me and I text you back, but then I'd con then I'd fix it in a comment and I'd comment about it. like there was no like, yeah. well, she texted me, so I should text back. It's like, well, if I'm taking care of it in the Google Doc comments, I'll just do it there. So yeah, it's just all whatever whatever the easiest means of communication at hand was was what we did. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, and so no headaches for you, Connor. That was just a me thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm in, uh, I'm in peak physical condition. You uh, <laughs> will not affect my head. You will not hurt it. Uh, no, I'm good. Getting rest, getting uh, good nutrition. So no. Are you really getting enough rest though? Because I, I feel like you do a lot i mean i do a lot of shit in one day but it's pretty much all related to being an author and then keeping some animals alive hopefully um <laughs> but you do like a lot of different things in a day and i feel like you sleep a lot less than i do i i probably do and i know i do because i've texted you at what i think is a reasonable time and it's not even close to when you wake up um uh, <clears throat> so uh yeah i I never thought I would be this person um, <laughs> who could do this much. Uh, yeah. I feel like I have way more energy now in my late 30s than I did in my late 20s. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, also, that let's not forget my wife does a lot of the stuff around here. Um, yeah, well, but so there was she, a period where she was working a lot and you were Mr. Mom. Well, no, no, we split it. I mean, because okay. uh, she also works from home a lot so okay. but it was just you know juggling that like the brain space you know yeah it's really hard to not have bids on your time we you know yeah. my wife and i talk a lot about bids of like hey can you do this and it's like yeah i can but now i gotta get back to the thing i was doing and right. yeah it was it was we were it was too much for a while but uh yeah. we're we're good now we're in a good place but that that just happens when you become a parent right there's just this like wellspring of energy that is opened up because it has to be i mean that sounds magical that it sounds is. like well I, you know <laughs> the way i guess if somebody's blind it's like well their hearing's really great and i don't know if it's yeah. that easy i think uh <laughs> no i mean uh, there was definitely a lot of exhaustion um but there is you kind of just you know isn't there some rule about like a task will take as long as you have for it? There's some, there's some like golden rule and, uh, yeah, well, that makes sense to me. That's why I, <laughs> that's yeah. why I work all day. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I remember you called me at the beginning of November and you were like, we need this done by like the second or third week of November. And I was like, and I saw how much we had left and I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. But then I did it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it happened. It happened. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So another Michelle Sutton question. You may have said this, and I missed it. But will there be other narrators for side characters, or are Connor and the female narrator the only narrators? And who might the female narrator be? Um, so you did miss it. Um, uh, Connor Crace and Mackenzie Cartwright are the main narrators, and it's duet narration. And Ava Lucas and Ron Butler 
are the featured narrators. So Ava Lucas and Ron Butler are mostly playing the uh, the best friend characters, as well as various and sundry other characters. Like Ron Butler's kind of fleshing out the the football team, mm -hmm. um, mostly. So that's pretty great. And it's, and it's great that Connor can work with Ava on this too, since yeah, Ava yeah. Lucas invented Connor Craze. <laughs> she, she did. She did. Um, in the lab yeah not test no no animals were tested uh in the creation of conic race <laughs> a lot of women's ovaries exploded in the creation of conic race um so we might we might actually do another episode for about the uh the audiobook i don't know we'll see so okay for kaylee did the process of writing this book with connor compare it all to your screenwriting days and then she says in parentheses, I obviously don't know how the screenwriting process works, but thought that it might sometimes be done with other writers. Well, it is. Um, TV writers always work with other writers. However, I was a feature screenwriter, so I never had a writing partner before. Um, and for people who don't know, I was um, under a different name. I was a professional screenwriter in Hollywood for 15 years before I became um, an author. But uh, and I, I did I was hired to write one uh, a pilot for a network, but I it uh, it never got picked up, so I didn't have to work with any other writers. But at the end of my career, for the last couple of years, I was a staff writer for a major motion picture studio, and studios don't usually have uh, feature staff writers, but this one did, and so it was mostly me and four guys um and so and it was like uh, we all had offices um on the lot and they were all next to each other so it was kind of like living in a dorm and we would like all hang out together all day and have lunch together and go to screening together and like um talk daily about... and her dudes yeah so i've had work husbands um as a i had had work husbands as a <laughs> screenwriter uh well since the beginning of my career too that was the other thing was i think one of the things that prepared me for working with connor in this capacity was um like as a screenwriter i was always working with men you know like my agent and my manager and my lawyers and my business manager and like all the these different producers that I worked with and directors and actors that were attached to projects. So, you know, you kind of, I kind of learned how to navigate <laughs> that dynamic. Although as a screenwriter, I was writing, you know, PG 13, like rom-coms and family comedies mostly. So that kind of, you know, the romance aspect um, of the writing didn't even enter into it. Um, but just, you know, being used to working with, a dude, I think that um, that experience was helpful. But then when I when I was actually working with other with male screenwriters, what I learned, like being in meetings with them, even though I didn't actually write scripts with them, I would work on treatments with them. But um, they approach writing completely differently from how I did, because I would always my way into a story is always through characters and uh, dialogue and relationship dynamics. And they always, every single one of them, they always uh, cared about structure and plot first and foremost. And that, and if they didn't have that, then they they couldn't figure out the story. Like it was always like a 
a meta perspective before they went down to the micro. And so that wasn't at all surprising to me uh, when I found that Connor was the same way about books. Mm -hmm. um, and so because of my experience of like talking through uh, script stories with these guys, I think I was able to adapt to Connor's way of uh, seeing uh, these stories. So that is, that is what I have to say about that. And uh, okay, for Connor, what, if anything, were you most uncertain about when it came to the writing process? Did you have a lot of questions for Kaylee in that regard, or did you just plunge right ahead and wait for her comments later? Um, well, I didn't, I didn't start from nothing. Um, I had written a novel that I hadn't published. I was actually, when Kaylee uh, contacted me, um, about three quarters of a way through my first romance novel, um, which I may finish someday. So um, what's that? You're so sneaky. Yeah, I, well, so unexpected. Well, the the writing the writing was always part of the plan, and that's yeah, what made yeah. it so cool and mystical. Because you know, Kaylee's projects were your your projects were some of my favorite to work on, yeah. um, and then like to have. You come and be like, hey, do you want to do this thing together? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing I was most uncertain about is I haven't actually published anything. So um, now I for sure will, barring asteroids hitting the Earth. And so the idea, like when she called me up and we need to finish this by November, it's like, okay, I've never really had a deadline before. It was all just me on my own. And then uh, just making sure that I was... Uh, was hitting the the genre right you know i am also as conscious that i am a i am a guest here um in the land of ladies um you know this is created for and by and run mostly by women and i am a uh, a thankful guest in this world and so now i'm a guest with I'm, a penis is what he means yeah that yep that's what i mean um <laughs> you know uh so so making sure that that was an addition as opposed to a problem, I guess would be yeah. you know, the way I would couch that. It um, was a big addition, a big, yeah. big addition. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so on that note, this, you know, actually that's a per, that's a perfect, uh, it's a perfect uh, segue, a little side note of like, we had to communicate about sex a lot uh, as like, as like, uh, you know, this is professional. This is part of my job to talk about putting it in uh, with my with my co-writer Kaylee on, on a regular basis. That's just it's just a different thing than uh, just narrating when it's done. But to be like, well, how and you know, in what way and what are they going to do, kind of deal. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a, actually a question that will come up later too. But here's um, as an example of the type of pro tips that I gave Connor before he even had to ask for them, like, and this was, I think, even before he got to like the outline of Decker, I created a Google document to share with him. And it's called unacceptable words slash terms for funny, sexy, sweet, steamy rom-coms. Um, and so shall we, shall we take, take, take turns reading from this list? Connor, do you have it in front of you? I do. Okay, so would you like to go first or would you like me to? We're just gonna like 
like one off each other. Pebbled. I don't. Juices. Nectar. Slit. Nubbin. Nodule. Pen. How do you Puden say that? It's pudendum. Pudendum. I hope you hit the pudendum. Yeah, I think that's what you have to do. Um, muff. Cooch. Beaver. Hole. Folds. And then I said, I'm on the fence about this one. So you could be convinced in the folds. Uh, you have scrotum on here, parentheses, unless used in a jokey way because it's funny. Nether yaya, unless, see above. Corona? Corona? <laughs> what is corona? That's the head, I think. Okay. You know? Um, man root. Phallus. Skin flute. Shank. Jugs. Globes. Orbs. Teats. Anal, in parentheses. Butt stuff jokes are encouraged. Anything anal or anal adjacent, rimming, etc. reference to perineum is fine. Um, I would like to add that there is something important that's anal adjacent, um, which kind of uh, crushes this note. Well, are you talking about the perineum? <laughs> I'm talking about that whole area. Yeah, so I just said, like, you know, reference to those things are fine. Just the word is too technical. Mm -hmm. Uh, bunghole. Puckered entrance. <laughs> Spanking the monkey. Spanking of other kind is acceptable during the coital act. Poke. Probe. Prod. Spew. Squirt. Low ones load. Ribbon rope of semen. All Parentheses, the thumbs down, down <laughs> 69 is fine in reference but not described during the act. Is this ginger figging? Yes, it is. We'll get to that um, later. Um, yeah. Big Thick Deck. <laughs> I, wrote, I just realized how funny it is that I thought to name the guy Decker. <laughs> and then I wrote, uh, I tend to avoid the words come, spelled C-U-M, and pre-come. Open to creative and humorous exploration of spunk, jizz, or jism. Splooge is a maybe. Um, and then right. Potter wrote... So, this. no, hold on. What? So, how many... You, you edited that for time. Yes, how many did, did you take out? I don't know. Probably like 10. Half? No, like 10, 10 or 12. Okay. So, I sign up with this lady to write with her. <laughs> and she sends me... It's like three pages long. It's why, okay. like, some of these surprise... Like, I looked through a few of them, and I was like, uh, okay. I'll deal with that later. Um, and, and by deal with that, he means ignore it. Yeah, that is what I meant. Because um, <laughs> uh, there's, there, there's a story that my dad used to like to tell about. Um, I think the composer's name was Dimitri Tiomkin. And he was, he was composing a sex scene in a movie. And the, long, the short version is the director kept coming back and being like, I don't, it's just not right, it's just not right, it's just not right. And finally, uh, the composer was like, listen, you fuck how you want, I'll fuck how I want. That's good fucking music. And it was a little when I saw this list, I was like, I'll fuck how I want to fuck. <laughs> and, you know, I'll yeah. deal with that. And you can fuck how you want to fuck. Um, so, yes, I did ignore it. 
But then I, I, most of them went away. Whatever okay, ones that so, I, whatever ones that I had. You're going to read the the notes that you added to. Oh this. yes, it's hilarious. Yes, to to bury my rage at being told how to fuck. <laughs> I responded with, uh, "What if we added fruit to some of these? Fruity pebbled nipples, even tastier. Fruit juices, no added sugar. Fruit folds, which you can eat sitting on the fence, like fruit roll-ups. And what the fuck is ginger figging? Google you said, <laughs> you said Google it, and I said, no thanks. Still don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, um, and then I wrote, fruit nubbins are off-brand are off brand fruity pebbled nipples and equally tasty. Cherry cooch obviously tastes the best. Uh, I actually tried a fruit wiener in LA during my raw food diet phase, and it was delicious, but not at all satisfying. Frozen banana shanks are indeed a fun summer treat. A fruity puckered entrance is worth considering on special occasions, like epilogue honeymoons, for instance. You know, going through this whole exchange, it's amazing that we finished the book. I can't believe. And that was just the beginning. <laughs> I can't believe we finished a book. Yeah. Because also, like, so it's I would like to also here. note that with that whole exchange, nothing was accomplished. There wasn't a single thing accomplished in that entire exchange. Except us having fun. Because I, I ignored you. I was, just, you know, like I said, yeah. I don't fuck how I fuck. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah. half of so, our dynamic is just having fun, and you ignore me. It's true. Me, so. It's true. It does, and it and it helps. So, because kind of uh, a lot of that ended up in the book. Yeah. Um, the dynamic. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. So this is from Louise, Kaylee. I should do this in an English accent because she's from. Please do, do it. Yeah. Every, everybody's doing it now. <laughs> Kaylee, as an established author, did you find that you had to change your author voice? author voice she's from london so you, know, to, you, you started posh and now you're like to little no but i remember because she's from london um uh, author right. voice to fit connor's style and if so was that difficult to do um so uh one thing i will say in terms of the style is that this decker is uh is told in the past tense which is not my usual tense. Um, I usually write present tense because uh, screenplays and plays are written in the present tense, and that's just um, easier for me. But we tried doing that at first, and Connor would, um, he kept changing tenses, um, not only within the chapter or a paragraph you would change the fucking tense within the same sentence sometimes and so after quite a few chapters uh i was like okay <laughs> it's sort of we need to just make a decision right now and i sort of laid out the pros and cons in uh in a an email of like you know Here's here are the pros and cons of writing in present tense, and here are the pros and cons of writing in past tense. And I was like, it seems to me that uh, you know, at this point, I got a really good sense of what Connor's author's voice was, and it's um, it's lovely, and it has sort of this um, wistful undertone. And it seemed to me that uh, his author's voice suited past tense um, better than present tense, and and past tense gives um, to me, at least, it seems like it gives sort of more weight to the story. Um, so, so, anyways, long story short, we ended up deciding on on doing it past tense, and so um, and so I went back and changed 
everything to to past tense and going forward we did past tense and that that ended up working out really well it was just a really weird adjustment at first um and then the other thing and i don't know if this is necessarily style but um this book is more it gets to be more emotional than my other books which is something i talked about in the facebook live that we had but um yeah connor also I think just as a person is more comfortable like talking about emotions and just sort of having the emotions and then getting past the emotions, whereas I tend to like, if I get really emotional about something, I don't want to talk about it until I have some kind of perspective on it. Um, but anyways, that that's a, that's a whole other story about one of the things that Connor had to deal with with me just as a person but it made its way into the way I wrote my chapters. And that was kind of um, based on, on what Connor wrote first. And, and I kind of wanted to match that level of, I'm not going to say intensity. It's not intense. It's just there's more emotional depth, I would say, um, once they start really falling in love um, than I had written before in my other books. So. So there's that. Um, but other than that, you know, we both have a similar sense of humor. Um, we both think in terms of movies, I think, um, more than we do mm -hmm. other romance novels. So it's that's how we always reference things. And it's it's very easy when you have a shared language with someone. So um, other than like the actual technical aspects of writing, like whereas, um, you know, I used to I mean, I you I write on in Microsoft Word documents, um, and Connor wanted to write on on Google Docs so that he could also write on his phone sometimes or whatever. Um, so like just the sharing of documents was a whole thing. There's like a formatting issue that I had to deal with and everything. But you know, other than other than that, it was um, pretty streamlined and and good. So uh, from Cindy Perry Pugh, who I don't know where she's from, but I'm pretty sure she's not from England. So I'll just go back to my regular accent. You can just do your Eliza Doolittle for every question. <laughs> I don't know why. Whose idea was the co-writing partnership? Yeah. Was it like, oh, hey, maybe <laughs> you should write that. I want you to read it like this. Yeah, kind that's it. Way. Well, now it's Australian kind of there, right? Yeah. Fuck you! I don't know the Wait. difference. It was awful. I don't even we're, know what that we're was. We're traveling the world <laughs> with Kaylee Lauren. This is amazing. Uh, yeah. So the idea came from a lady named Jen, who um, she's my publicist and my PA and my friend now, and um, and a fan of Connor's ever since he. <laughs> narrated a very bossy Christmas and she had this idea at the end of it was at the end of 2020 I believe that uh she like she's the one who first brought up the idea to me of um asking Connor if he'd want to write a book with me and I thought it was a crazy idea for a lot of reasons first of all I wasn't looking for a co-writer and secondly I just I just didn't think he would a have the time or b be at all interested in writing a book. But um, the reason she brought it up 
I think is because Connor, Connor had emailed me um, after he uh, recorded a very bossy Christmas and, you know, thus began a long um, email chain. And he wrote these very funny, very creative emails. And I, I told her about them and I was like, he's actually a really funny, really good writer in these emails. And so that's, I think, why she had the idea. And of course, this was after, I guess it was after Lauren Blakely and Joe Arden had announced, or maybe they, I don't know if they had published the book that they wrote together. And I, and then like Zach um, had just sort of posted on his uh, Facebook that he had started writing a novel, like literally the morning he decided to write a book <laughs> he was gonna end it. And after that happened, she really kept uh, harassing me about it. And um, Jen is not a person, she's not a pushy person at all. And the fact that she just wouldn't let this go kind of really made me pay attention to the idea. And once I finished writing a very friendly Valentine's Day, I actually had time to really consider it. And I actually even remember like the actual moment that I was thinking about it, because it was like the day after I had turned in the, I finished it and kind of turned it into the audio producers. And I was like out back feeding the birds and the squirrels. And I was like, enjoy the fresh air. And I was like, God, I was so fucking tired after, you know, writing that book as I always am, because it's always like this, a marathon and then a sprint to get to the, you know, the deadline. And I was like, you know what, how am I like for the longevity of my career? Like, how am I going to keep doing this? Because like the first two years that I did it, I was putting out five books a year. And then I went down to four books a year. And even then I, you know, I'm busier than ever because, you know, I'm doing more marketing stuff and I'm doing this podcast and I'm, I mean, a podcast and I'm, you know, just doing social media and like getting all these notifications. And it was like, how am I going to do this and not get burnt out? Um, and so I thought, well, you know, maybe having a co-author at least for one book is, um, is the answer. And so I finally wrote to Connor this very, very long email that was preceded with, I know this is probably a totally crazy idea and I'm totally prepared for you to say no because of X, Y, and Z reasons, but, um, but I thought I'd just throw it out there just in case. And, um, and then, and then he wrote me back that he was, uh, interested and that he had actually been working on a romance novel. Himself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, on my end, you know, here I am, I'm doing all this work and then, you know, this supremely talented established author is like hey you want to hitch the wagons and i'm like yeah <laughs> that sounds way better um because that's the other thing too aside from the writing just kaylee's lessons about like well here are the release dates and here's when you need to do mm, stuff and here's so who you need stuff. to talk to and, and like yeah i mean but my that that learning curve had i done that on my own i mean just there's so much stuff outside of just even trying to make a good book um yeah. that i mean we joked about it but there was something really strangely mystical about like this yeah, was yeah. supposed to happen yeah. um yeah so yeah so thanks to jen for that um i mean i curse her <laughs> i have cursed her a lot <laughs> for the past year <laughs> on occasion but um she has really good instincts about uh certain things and and this was one of them
So Cindy's another question, when it comes to co-writing, is it a given that Kaylee would write the female character and Connor the male, or is it a duet or dual perspective at all? It is, it's dual, dual POV. Um, also, all of my books in the past have been dual POV, so that, that was an easy decision. And yeah, I mean, Connor writes the, um, the male POV and I write the female POV, but that doesn't mean that we both don't, you know, write the other person's characters like in our povs and so yeah i mean i mean it was it was kind of a given just because it made the most sense but there was no real rule um and we it was fairly organic of just like Mm -hmm. yeah a guy girl and then we wrote and then but then we would talk about what we needed um you know it was actually that that part went a lot smoother too of like so you write a chapter and you kind of need like I mean, we, we did the outline and the outline was pretty clear for the most part. Um, but if I'm picking up a cha- chapter or Kaylee's picking up a chapter, you kind of need to dump out in a particular place to pick that ball up and go where you need to go. Um, and that mostly worked out. Um, that was pretty easy. And there were only a couple of times where I was like, I raised my hand. I was like, well, hey, I kind of need her to do this or say that because I need it in this next chapter. Um, yeah. But there wasn't too much of that. Um, I think it was all no, it was more like um, one of the things, since I didn't really understand a lot about football, if there was ever um, uh, some dialogue that Hannah, the female, the heroine, um, needed to say about football in one of my chapters, I would just write in football, 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 and then Connor would... Uh, Football would it up. Write the act- he would football it up, but there were times when, um, when I actually did, like I had, uh, I initially bought uh, football for dummies, um, and it's, <laughs> for anyone who's ever read a, a, a whatever for dummies book, I guess it depends on who writes it, but I was even more fucking confused after reading that book than I was before, like it honestly didn't really explain anything to me about football at all but i did for certain passages um consult you know like what a certain kind of pass was what a certain play was and i would write that in and um because i actually you know kind of learned these tiny things and then connor would never actually praise me for (laughs) for writing something on my own yeah for doing my fucking job job. okay whatever Uh, Kaylee, was it easier to write with Connor than alone? So there, as we sort of mentioned, there are many, many, many things involved in being a self-published author besides just the writing. And while, you know, I'm still pretty much doing all of the other stuff, the actual writing part absolutely is easier. Like Connor did the heavy lifting for Decker, literally and figuratively. (laughs) Hey. And, uh, and, and like, while I've had a lot of uh, different people on, you know, on Team Kaylee for almost two years now, uh, the only person I would sort of talk to on a daily basis was Jen. So, um, so having someone like actually, you know, in my life as an author in my daily life uh, has been, has been great. And you know, like Jen, Jen has the title of um, 
developmental editor on, on my more recent books. And she's someone that I can like bounce ideas off of if I feel stuck about a certain aspect of this story. But Jen has, you know, the perspective of a reader, which is something that's important to get when you're writing. But it's different from talking to a fellow writer. And so um, having a co-writer that I could actually, you know, talk to about <laughs> the stuff I'm working on, you know, if it's if it's an aspect of like, you know, the chapter that I'm working on where I need help with something, if I could just fire off a text to him and have him answer, like it's just it was it was a huge relief. So like, you know, I just felt like fewer brain cells were killed in the in the writing of Decker. Um I mean, that's going on my website. <laughs> how, how easy is Connor to work with? Fewer brain cells were murdered when working with Connor Chris. So hire him for your next project. Uh, you might want to murder Connor <laughs> if you're writing with him. Okay. <laughs> but your brain cell. Okay, whatever. Um, so yeah, so the short answer is yes. <laughs> it was easier to write with him. And it, and it still is because we just started working on Another book. So from Julia Marisa. Julia's in Germany, so I'm going to try. I'm oh, curious. Yes. I'm curious about your co-writing process. <laughs> Which aspect of co-writing is the biggest? No, <laughs> is the biggest. Oh, we, were going, we were about to jump countries. <laughs> I wanted you to keep going. We we're about to I hop even, into another part of the. I don't even know what country that one was. Is the biggest relief? Well. Okay, um, so I can say that, yeah, like just having a buddy is just, it's really nice for me, you know, like I'm, I'm a, I'm an only child and I'm just used to, I'm a very independent creature and just having someone who's kind of in it with me is, it's really nice. I mean, and it also, at first I was kind of like, it felt like the stakes are a lot higher, um, like for the release, like it's just like. I don't know, it's kind of even more important to me for this to be a successful endeavor, but it's also just, it's really fun. So that makes it easier. That's definitely a relief. Yeah. And I guess, Connor, you already kind of addressed that. She also says, what is surprising? <laughs> okay. Uh... What, what are the challenges? She's a shrink. Um, how was this challenging for you? Is that uh, for me? Well, for both me? of us. So I will, I will say uh, different time zones. <laughs> it's weird yeah. because Co yeah. Connor is three hours ahead of me. So yes. I, always, I always feel at least three hours behind him every day. <laughs> um, unexpected phone calls was a challenge for me. I know. For Connor, I will speak on your behalf. And say every time, that. every time I called you, this this is how, this was your tone of voice. This was every time I called Kaylee. I'm on her caller ID. Hello. It's it was a question that, every single like, time. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. But you're the only person in my life who doesn't text or email to like discuss a time frame. Well, but I have to say that now you've gotten better. Like more recently, you actually do ask me like, would you, 
can yeah because it was such an it was such an incredible burden yeah i know but it took you like 10 months just don't answer it i can't not answer well there were times when i didn't answer but so the other thing i speaking on behalf of connor i will say that my quarterly meltdowns about about how you're incapable of being my writing partner for various reasons that turned out to be misunderstandings. That was something that was a challenge for you to deal with. <laughs> yeah. And we don't yeah. have to get into that. Um, yeah. We had talking, talkings too, and we fixed that. We fixed like, it. Not, yeah, not more of that. How about that? <laughs> how about that? All right. Yeah. Um, uh, what have you learned that you were not expect? Oh, sorry. What have you learned? I think I just got, I think I just went Chinese. That's sort of. There was, no, you were about to go to China with biggest relief. You were, you were about to hop from Germany to China. But then Um, you, you, you bailed, you bailed. What have you learned? No, I did it again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That you are not expecting. I don't know. I I learned that I find football hot (laughs) and that I actually enjoy watching Football. Connor is literally the only man in the history of me to actually get me interested in football. So good for fucking him. Yeah, good for me. <laughs> yeah. And you? Uh, what did I learn that I wasn't expecting? I how awesome I am, for instance. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, because I wasn't expecting that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that was a huge surprise because I was like, Kaylee. Um, and then you were great. Uh, yeah, no, just, you listen, you set yourself up for that one. Um, no, I, it's weird because I actually try not to put too many expectations on it. Right. Um, I guess I'm actually a little surprised that it wasn't, it wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. Um, like it was hard, but I mean, there's a certain element of like, I was ready for this thing in particular It adds to the the mystical nature of this where it's like if i if i had not written anything if i had not done my own writing uh this would have been a lot harder i would not have been ready for this uh it would have been a lot more difficult um yeah so i don't know it was just the right thing at the right time so yeah. um and and also i mean the things about all the pieces that you're telling me about um marketing and and publishing and all those steps I didn't know them, but they weren't surprising. I knew there was a lot of stuff mm-hmm. I just didn't didn't know. Right. Um, but I wasn't I was like, oh, I didn't expect there to be this much work. Yeah. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, of course, you know, getting a book out, I is not surprising to me that there's a million other steps. So Yeah. Um, so uh, so this is still Julia Marisa. Uh, my additional question for Connor would be, and I'm not even gonna try to do this in an accent, your bio said it all along. When not narrating, he can be found writing, powerlifting, and boxing. Was it a conscious business decision to put this piece of info out there from the get-go? Um, I wouldn't say it was a business decision. It was a personal decision. Um, I mean, now, once this book is published, I'm a writer. Um, but before that, it was kind of like, I mean, I write, Yeah. you know, but it's... It's funny, I've done nothing but fields where people want to be the thing that I'm doing and may not be. Like, nobody's walking around being like, I'm a dentist. It's like, that guy's not actually a dentist. He thinks he's a dentist. It's like, people like, I'm an actor. It's like, well, what have you done really? 
Oh, uh, God. I'm a writer. And it's like, do you write or do you just like the idea of being a writer? It's like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like for dentistry or any other any other job. It's like nobody's pretending. It's like, well, are you a real? Do you actually work on teeth? Because right, right. people just like saying that they're dentists. Right. Um, so I bef- I'm very. I don't know. I didn't I didn't want to be like I'm a writer where I think about writing and not actually do it. Right. Um, so that was more about like, well, no, I'm going to do it. It's just a matter of when, not if. Um, so. Yeah, that was always the thing that drove me nuts. Like when I first moved to L.A. and before I was like completely making a living as a screenwriter, like my best friend was like a big TV star and she would refer to me. I remember she talked about me in a magazine. It was like an interview in Seventeen magazine. She said my best friend, one of my best friends um, is a screenwriter or trying to be a writer and I called her and I was like I am a writer I'm not trying to be a writer I'm writing you just don't think I'm a writer yet <laughs> just not a professional writer yet by your definition um so yeah that that's a thing yeah yeah so anyways um and then now she we also, are and now, now we are yeah. um <clears throat> she also says also I would love to see video proof of your dancing skills and drunk karaoke on TikTok. Hashtag crazy Loring, which I have to um, give credit to Julia Marisa for the hashtag crazy Loring. She started that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And uh, I would also like to see video proof of your so-called dancing skills and drunk karaoke on TikTok. Connor craze. Well, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have, we'll to, have see. to see. Okay. From Val Wall. Uh, one, will this be a standalone book or book series? How many books, if so? Uh, so, yeah, would you like to take that? Series, and there are three planned. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it could go... So there's there's three within this series, and it's the Tomcats, um, the Boston Tomcats series. Um, we also have the idea we've set up a spinoff um, as well. So far, we have already planned out uh the second and third books and like mm-hmm. you know who the characters are going to be and what the tropes are going to be and that kind of thing if it's a book series would connor Chris continue to be a co-author with you kaylee loring um nope i'm gonna write with shaney's on the next one just kidding i own half that shit <laughs> i own half it now just try it uh, of course of course of course um I mean, this particular series wouldn't exist without Connor Christ. So yes, absolutely. Oh, and she says, this is a hard hitting question, Val Wall. There are so many football romance books. And so what makes your book different from all the others, Connor? Um, So I would say that um, having not read all the the other football (laughs) romance books, but I would say that this is probably the most grounded in football. You don't need to like or know football to read it. But the game and the physicality and the energy of it infuses that relationship in a way where sometimes I'll read a sports romance and I realize it doesn't really matter what they're doing. Um, <laughs> they're kind of energy. They're an athlete. And I get, I, I get that piece of it. But, um, but who he is and, and what... Uh, our characters have to go through is very much connected to the game itself and their place in it and what they're doing. Um, so I think, I think that makes it unique. Yes. The authenticity of the, yeah. the football was very, very, very important to Connor. And 
and not in a stupid way either. Like it actually, it really works in the story. And that's another thing I have to say too, is that because uh, the plot is so important to Connor, um, there actually is a plot. <laughs> that's something that's really different. I mean, I guess that's part of my style too. And part of, uh, my answer to Louise's question is that, um, you know, I don't usually have subplots in my books. Um, it's usually pretty much all about the relationship between the characters. And this one has a big story. It has an actual plot and there are subplots and the, the sort of gold standard for telling a story as a, in a screenplay is like, if you can get the, um, the relationship between the hero and the heroine, if it's a romance, to dovetail with the subplots, which um, which are the like you know the plotty part of the story, um, if they're connected and like the the that's the reason for them breaking up and then getting back together, if that's all tied together, that's like you know it doesn't get any better than that, and it's really hard to do. And that's that is the kind of story that Connor came up with for Decker. Um, and so, well done, old chap. <laughs> Tell you. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's like authentic sports ball is the thing, I guess I would say. Yeah. Um, but it, and, it, and it contributes to the stakes, which I think is what you're talking about. It's, yeah, it's, and it, it's and it actual is, high and, stakes, like really high yeah. stakes. Because and, but it's in, and it's in service to, you know, Decker and Hannah's story. It's not like I don't. I don't yeah, the, the conflict. It's yeah. not like um, some made-up drama kind of thing. It's like an actual piece of the story. That it's it's really really good. Um, and and the beta readers like nobody kind of saw saw it coming. So that's, mm -hmm. that's a good thing to know. Um, all this is also from Val Wall. All ladies dig the quarterback football players, and so I dare to ask: Will the lead male character? That, I'm going to read this in a bratty voice. All ladies dig the quarterback football players. And so I dare to ask, will the lead male character be the QB? Kaylee, I'm not or... hearing anything different. Are you doing something different? <laughs> or will he be a different player, for example, the wide receiver or even the tight end player? Um, <clears throat> good question. So, <sighs> Connor, um, do you yeah, have an answer so for we, that? We do, we do start with a quarterback. That's our hero. But uh, the other two will be uh, different positions. Um, so, yeah. Um, gonna... should I say, can I say what they are? Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, so, yeah, the second book, it's uh, Linebacker. And then I guess we can't actually say the third book. I know what I think I want it to be. Did we agree on that yet? Well, uh, I don't really understand the difference. So, <laughs> but also, <laughs> I, but we can say because he that guy didn't show up in this right uh the third one's going to be a kicker um okay. so but which will actually it'll add more fun to the story but we're sure. a long way from getting there <laughs> um i like this one okay so book covers are quite important and kaylee loring knows how to work it yeah i do um, but considering you are a co-author, Connor, and if you had permission from Kaylee to do the book cover, what would the book cover look like? For fun, perhaps, explain and describe in an Irish or Matthew McConaughey accent, woman shrugging emoji. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, I mean, 
let's be honest i i think i just posted something that was very book cover like um um so are you saying now that we can use you on a cover in the future called a craze i mean we'll have business discussions you can make me an offer and then i'll see if i want to take it or reject it and talk to my manager my agent and we'll see okay just so you know guys i have asked him unofficially slash officially in text messages numerous times and he's very coy um but just so you know i'm fine with it <laughs> we'll see what you'll, his agent you'll slash tolerate it okay. manager slash yeah wife slash you're okay with yeah say about it yeah um the wife definitely gets a say yeah i'll be very interested to know what she says actually so we'll take from leticia oh no leticia for kaylee how different was it <laughs> leticia is in portugal and i don't even really know what that accent would be like, so i'm not uh, gonna yeah yeah i know um brazilian a little bit better than do I you no, 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 no. The accent. I know. But yeah. would you like to read this question in a Brazilian No, accent? I would not. All no. Right. I, uh, no. How different was it writing a book with someone else rather than on your own? I mean, I kind of addressed that. So her next question is, was the P and V chapter writing better or worse? Did Connor give you a hard time over it? I can't. Did you do that on purpose? I can't. I can't answer that in the way that I want to. So I will just say <laughs> um, it wasn't better. Well, maybe it was better. It, it certainly wasn't worse. Like that was, I actually texted you at one point and I was like, it's what's really weird is how it's not weird to talk about this stuff. Because yeah. I think yeah. part of it is like, you know, Connor had already read um, my books, so he knew how I write the PNV chapters, and he had narrated some of my PNV chapters. Um, but also, I just think like anybody who's in this business or drawn to this business has to be comfortable with sex and talking about sex, um, and so that was okay. And <laughs> he also. I will say that he, um, so Connor had read, so when I, we started talking about this book like Decker, and then I still had, I had to write three full length novels between the time we started talking about Decker and the time he finished it. And, but Connor read, you know, all those books and like after attachment theory, he was like, you know, when I finished writing attachment theory, finally, that was when I could like completely turn my attention to Decker and, and Connor was like, well, good luck topping the sex scenes in attachment theory. And I was like, I'm gonna do it. It's like, it's on. <laughs> um, he threw down the gauntlet. And so I'm- uh, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> oh, did you? I do. But you guys, Connor always knows me. That's, that's another Connorism is, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> he always, he always does what he always does what he wants and he always knows what he's doing. Um, and that's not difficult to deal with at all. Um, so I, I kind of, you know, and I, I always, it's always fun to sort of uh, like Jen, um, before I started writing with Connor, Jen would be the first person to read my chapters and it would always be fun to see like all the 
fire sign emojis and uh, like ridiculous comments that she would make on the sex scene chapters so I would know if they were hot or not. And um, and this time I would get uh, Connor's perspective first. And, you know, it's not, I don't necessarily have a lot of male readers. I actually do have some, like I know that, um, like I've actually gotten emails from a couple of um, men who have read uh, my books and were fans. Um, but I also know that um, the husbands of some of my fans have read or listened to my books. So that's nice. So there definitely are. And I also think that we might have more, because I know that men do read romance. Um, and I, I kind of feel like since we're entering the football zone that we might have more male readers too. So that I think, so that's good. So it was nice to know that Connor enjoyed <laughs> the sex scenes that I wrote as yeah, in a I mean, professional well, manner. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's, I think we were all very, we were very cognizant. Like, we know what we're talking about. And like, yeah. if it's doing its job, we know what it's doing, you know. But uh, yes. yeah, it actually, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, supremely difficult to get to the point. Because we also, we, we also had a, a job to do of making sure that it was good and making sure that everything got better so that always wrangled us back but yeah i mean it was fun you know yeah it's it fun yeah it's fun um for connor how different is it for a romance narrator to be in charge of the narrative and character traits do you think this will help you in any way as a narrator as well um i think it will um i mean i as an actor um always came from the standpoint of, as an actor well i mean the that was my job yeah, yeah, again yeah. see i as a dentist and be like oh <laughs> look at the dentist over here talking about teeth oh He's mr so dgs over here oh you got a degree in dentistry oh you think that makes you a dentist like yeah i was an actor that's what i did still kind of an actor okay um but yeah see this is exactly what i'm talking about okay go on um, go on We'll just add it. So, uh, so <laughs> when I was when I was acting uh, more regularly on stage, uh, I would always come from dramatic function. Be like, so why is this character here? What are they doing to the overall story? Dramatic and build function. stuff. Yeah, and build stuff back from that. As yeah. opposed to, I mean, some actors are just like I. This character speaks to me, and I'm just you know, and that's and that's fine too. But from for myself, I was always kind of half directing, half thinking of it as a writer anyway. Um, mm. I think I think what this will hopefully do for my narration, um, and I might post a clip later today or maybe early next week, I think my narration is, I'm in a really good place with that too. Um, mm. Like I, I feel better about it and I feel more ownership of it and it's more comfortable. And I think, you know, a lot of the excitement of 2022 will be, the writing, obviously, but I think my narration is is really going to to be good too. Um, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about both. And the thing, the thing that writing gives you, and and I've been, I've talked about this, I think, on this podcast before, where it's like you got to be careful, um, it to putting too much acting into it, mm -hmm. um, especially with a long form novel. With your books, that's not as much of an issue because they're clearly written by somebody who wrote for screen for acting mm -hmm. they're designed for that but some other novels it's less clear to me how much acting schmacting it can hold 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this might, I don't know, this might just give me more permission. I know exactly how much acting this can hold because I wrote it. So, yeah. you know, I'm not well, going to risk an author listening to it and being like, what the hell did he do to my story? Yeah. That's not what I meant at all. So, um, well, I also want to say that it, it goes the other way too. Like I've found that actors, um, usually have a really great approach to writing too. actors are really because like Teddy Hamilton, actually, I read a script that he he wrote, and he's also very good And actors, um, Aaron Mellon too. like, when, mm-hmm. when you're an actor, I guess, I'll use that term dramatic function. Um, I find that actors when actors write, you can tell that they understand, you know, the character is trying to get something um, from another character in this scene like every scene every well, I mean, interaction has to that matter, is like basic right? stanislavski like yeah. basic basic being like what's your objective that's what they yeah. teach you like day one acting school is like what what is your character trying to do right so um yeah, and so actors already have that understanding and even in novels like and i have to say like some i i don't and i i talk about this all the time i'm like a terrible reader and i don't really have a lot of time to read other romance novels but some sometimes i notice that other romance novels can be kind of repetitive um and there's a lot of writing where i'll read stuff and i'll be like i mean what was that scene even really about <laughs> you know like it didn't really have to be there and in my mind i'm kind of crossing things out um but actors just kind of have that innate ability to know that a scene you know it, you have to earn the right to have a scene in there and yeah. even though i would say i, f- I feel like meaty <laughs> yeah. there are I, a lot of scenes that we have i that. feel like i tried to do that even in the the p and the v chapters where oh absolutely like, where i was like what gets accomplished in their relationship besides um, just yeah yeah which and, is you know, hilarious you even actually yeah no go on no no go ahead well, I was going to say, because I think that was something that you actually asked me, like, what needs to be accomplished in the PNB chapters. And my answer was, well, in a romance, you know, the first time the P enters the V, that is the plot point. Um, right. But you actually, I think I gave you the actual first PNB chapter. Um, and the way you wrote it really surprised me because it had more i think i usually write my my initial pnb chapters are usually really descriptive and kind of funny and especially when they're like from the female pov there's a lot of like internal monologue about oh my god he's doing this and now he's doing this and oh my god this too kind of thing but the way connor wrote it it was a lot more emotional there was a lot more of an emotional depth to it that surprised me and so it really felt like a step forward in their in their relationship so that was really nice yeah and come i'm guessing not what people would expect from the dude <laughs> yeah possibly not from from the guest with the yeah. penis in this yes land yes of vaginas um so actually we uh, we actually have time for this so she asked um for Kaylee, what are your expectations about this book? You've never written sports romance, so how much fun was was it? Like I said, it it was tons of fun. It also it really hurt my brain a lot in the beginning trying to understand 
just even the most basic concept of football, which I will say, I don't even know that I completely understand it, but I do at least. But I will say, I mean, I was it. joking too, but that helped the book. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, Everything it's funny. I, it, yeah. Well, no, but it was a joke that it's like, whatever Kaylee screwed up or was struggling with is in the book, but that made it like real, like yeah. your struggle to understand football is literally her struggle to it figure is. it out. So that's yeah. also why I feel like my expectations are that there's kind of something for everyone. So like for anybody who is a huge football fan, I, I think you're going to enjoy the actual footballiness of the book, courtesy of Connor. And for anyone who doesn't enjoy football um, or doesn't understand football like me, I think you're going to enjoy Hannah's perspective um, and her, her whole arc of the story is kind of kind of great. So, you know, part of my expectation is, I mean, you, one of the things is you, you really have to try to temper your expectations because once you hit publish, you have like no control over anything. Um, you never know how people are going to respond. So far, beta readers have responded very, very well, but, um, I'm guessing, cause since I, I think sports romance is going to be a, a slightly new audience for me. Um, and I think, I'm hoping that people will be interested in just the fact that uh, that Connor is a dude and seeing how he writes um, football specifically romance in general. I think um, I think it's really interesting, and I think that yeah. I think the ladies. Will yeah, too. we t we talked about it. It's tough because we both really like it. Like yeah, that doesn't know. always have. I mean, I won't. I never publish anything unless I actually like it. But I always feel very very nervous about stuff. I'm very, I never, I never have full confidence and think this one, this one I actually am really proud of. Um, even before yeah. publishing it. So. Yeah. Which means it's going to tank because we're Probably. so, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Perfect. Uh, I don't even know if I want to ask this one. So for Connor, she wants to know now that you have both narrating experience and writing experience, if you could only do one of them, which one would you choose to do? I mean, you, you know what I'm going to, what am I going to say? I, I, I don't know what you're going to say. I never know what you're going to say. No, no. Well, well, come on. What was I going to say? What do you think? Which well, one would I, I think, choose? I think you're going to, well, I think there's the private answer and what you're actually going to say. So just go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you what that means. Okay. Um, well, I'll say this. The writing is the new exciting thing. Um, and the thing that I've wanted to do for a long, long time, it also makes it the harder thing um, currently. But that's, that's good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I could pick one, I guess I got a family to feed. So I guess it would be narrating, uh, cause that I know puts food on the table, but, yeah. uh, I don't want, I don't have to choose. I'm not going to choose. So I'm not going to yeah. do that. Yeah. That's why he's, he's so lucky. And I keep telling him, I was like, you know what, if this, she if keeps Decker telling me does, how lucky I am. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, for all kinds of reasons, but also like, you know, if Decker tanks, and if the St. Patrick's Day book tanks, like he, he'll always have the narration to go back to, whereas all I have True. is the writing. Like that's my entire way of making a living. So fingers crossed. Um, so if you see a lady out on the street with a, we'll write P and V 
for change sign on the <laughs> in street. In a white tank top. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Um, it'll be my fault, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if anything bad happens to me, it'll be Connor's fault. Let's just say that. Um, okay, so from Karen Hoffman, if you could meet your characters, would you be friends with them? Absolutely. Yeah, I like these people. Um, yeah. 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 Plus, I mean, most of my heroines are like varying degrees of me. And like we've said ad nauseum, a lot of my stuff <laughs> went into the Hannah character, including like I was at, I feel like I was sort of at peak workaholic form when, um, mm -hmm. when I was, uh, this was like when I was still working on attachment theory, but also working on Decker like and doing the podcast and, and I was like literally writing all day and like writing on my laptop while I was taking a relaxing bath at like 10 o'clock at night so, so I gave that to Hannah too she also has bath work <laughs> the full gamut yeah. yeah yeah um so she, Karen also wanted to know has writing and publishing a book changed the way you see yourself which I assume is Connor well, I mean, I get, yeah, I guess it's linked to that, to that answer I gave before about, you know, you can say you're a writer, but you know, that's a very, it's a very large space to put a lot of bullshit um, and a lot of yeah. not doing stuff. Um, but also, but also you learned how much you can do in a fucking day and a month. It's like, well, you know, that's, that's a more interesting part because that's only, that's only part of the writing um, yeah. myself as a, as a, husband and father and a guy who narrates and works and runs a business and now has a writing partner and all that stuff i um and getting in shape you know i was not in good shape a couple of years ago my shoulder was all screwed up and like so that's back in my life and just mm -hmm. taking a lot more ownership and being able to accomplish as much as i'm able to i'm, I'm a little surprised by um, well actually i will say too one of the reasons i thought it would be um, let's say safe to ask you to write with me was I could sort of just tell from our discussions that um, and also just hearing you on podcasts before that you are very disciplined and you have um, the same um, like just discipline about work as as I do because mm -hmm. um, you would talk about you know always working on things and trying to evolve as a narrator and that's that's my approach to writing always i never think i'm there um yeah you know, oh that, that yeah. was another thing like when louise asked about being an established author like i don't think of myself in a, as an established author like i still think of myself as a new author i've written i think i i can't even remember how many titles i have published now it's 20 or 21 and that's you know that's a lot but it's also i still feel like i'm learning it's not um innate for me to write novels yeah. so that's fun i mean to... i guess i feel the same way with uh romance narration yeah like this year i mean i have over a hundred i don't know how many it is now oh, yeah. and it's been two years now but um and i acted for a long time before that but it just feels under my belt this year i feel like i'm gonna do my best work but i think that always is the case because it's yeah. a constant moving target both the work that you're doing and then you yourself. So, I mean, it's an interesting way to say, do you see yourself? I think when I was younger, I concerned myself a lot with, am I good enough? Am I talented enough? Mm -hmm. And 
I'm too busy for any of that. Right. Like, I mean, I knew if our, if our book doesn't work out, like I knew I was going to write, there wasn't really, it's what I said. It was a matter of when, because anything I do now, I, I, I am old enough now and experienced enough now that even when I'm bad at something, I know what it would take for me to accomplish it, whether I'm willing to do that or I'm have the capability of, of if I'm really bad at something, being able to put on, put in enough energy to do that. I don't know, but I, I do know what it takes now um, in a way that I didn't when I was younger. So I, there, there's a lot less uh, self-reflection, I suppose, than when I was younger, because that's just about putting in the hours and doing the work yeah. um, and the rest kind of takes care of itself. So, yeah, you know, I mean, cause that's, that's just it that my whole, this whole thing that happened to me and it kind of happened to me like Ava happened to me yeah. and now Kaylee happened to me. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, there's a joke there, but it's also like, seriously, like no, an opportunity know. was given to me by Ava being like, Hey, I think you should try this. And now I have this whole career um, that's been awesome and being able to narrate all these books um, and being a part of this world and, and the fans and all that. And then mm-hmm. to have the second opportunity, this thing that I've wanted to do, just as long that I'd never really done of like, Hey, do you want to do this together? Um, so like those things, but the other thing is I was prepared for them. I was prepared when Ava, like I'd been acting since I was 18, 19, 20 years old, whatever Mm -hmm. it was, you know, and I had been writing, I hadn't been publishing, but I've been writing. So when you came to me, I was ready. Um, so there's, yeah, you just put in the work and then things happen. Yeah. I will say too, I mean, my my early work i'm not proud of at all and so you're so fucking lucky to be able to hit publish on <laughs> your first book and yeah it's co-authored but i mean you did a lot of work on it and your voice is in there like to be proud of your first published novel that's a huge deal and you're again incredibly lucky um, but also, True. you know, I think yes. that's also like you're a shrewd, more shrewd person than I am. You know, I tend to like, I'll just try things out uh, publicly <laughs> before I yeah. know I'm good at stuff. Well, and but I mean, there's advantage to that too. You know, it's taken me this long to write, you know, there's yeah. a reason for that because I'm so careful, but it also makes it so, I mean, I do think Decker's good. I can't, you know, it's t- obviously we're selling it. So it's tough to be like, well, trust us, you know, um, yeah. but it's, it's just true. Like, I just, I was like this, this book ended up being what I wanted it to be, yeah. um, which that, is not, you know, when you're, happen. when you're doing something or, uh, creative is not always the case mm-hmm. uh, that something ends up being what you want it to be. So, yeah. and she says, this is an odd and interesting question, which is the kind of thing I expect from Karen Hoffman. Um, what do you need in your workspace to help you stay focused? Do you want to answer first? Well, my answer is more like what I need to not be in my workspace. I need to like not be looking at my phone, basically. Like I took, I finally took my, all my Facebook apps off of my phone and my desktop because that was, uh, kind of taking over my life was responding to social media notifications. And um, a couple months ago, I finally got rid of them. And that's, that's helped me a lot um, mm-hmm. in terms of focus. Um, once I'm actually in writing mode, I'm, I'm very focused. And my favorite thing in the world is just to 
just to write, but I, there are a lot of distractions now and not just distractions, but things I have to deal with um, because of above mentioned other aspects of being an author and, you know, a lot of things that have, you know, time, time mm -hmm. sticks and stuff like that. So, so I do have to respond to a lot of notifications, like literally over a hundred notifications a day. Um, and that's on the days when I don't post anything on social media, but mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really more about, I don't know if it's like, you're just in, too popular. That's it's not, I mean, it's not, I don't want to say, oh, it's so hard no, to be so likable. No, no, no. It's yeah, no, it's work. It it's, is. It takes up, you know, you only have it, so many minutes on the planet. Yeah. But it, and it's also my, I mean, I know that there will come a time when I can't respond. I mean, it's kind of gotten to the place where I actually, I can't respond to every single notification anymore. And, you know, I, I put that off for a really long time because it's important to me to respond yeah. to everyone yeah. as soon as I can. But um, I literally can't do that anymore. Um, so for me, it's not so much like a thing in my workspace. It's more like in my head. I have to sort of have blinders on now. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. how about you? I'd like to know. Uh, well, I could give the short answer or the longer answer. Um, well, what do you have time for? I mean, I got time. Okay, good. I can't tell if this will be interesting or not. Um, so that's the thing that I figured out. I actually just kind of figured it out a quarter of the way through Decker, the final piece of it. Because um, actually focused is, um, it depends. Sometimes you want to be focused and sometimes you don't. Um, so I, I used to call it, uh, I, I was trying to get back into shower space um right like yeah 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 i think i think you know i think it's true everyone has their best ideas in the shower yeah and i think I and i think but i think there's something to that in the fact that you are kind of distracted and mm -hmm. you're warm and and something's moving by you mm -hmm. um and you're kind of in this half awake half whatever space and you want to be there when you're creating and then when you're editing or judging something or trying to move something around then you want to be focused yeah. And those are two completely different states. And now I feel like I have a lot of control over which one I'm going to be in. So when I come up with a story and I do the, that when I did the Decker outline, I'm like tossing a baseball, I'm walking around, I, I'm, I'm standing the whole time. I come to the computer, I write one thing, I go back and like stuff comes to me. And then I'm, I've gotten pretty good and I've done that enough times where it's like, there'll be mostly a complete story there, like a complete arc. Um, and then I go, I go back in and I'll fix things. And then when I'm writing, one of the reasons I wanted to do Google Docs, like Kaylee said, is I do it on my phone. And I realized this is, I figured this out with Decker, where I hate typing. I can't, this is what's held me back from, <laughs> from writing for as long as I, have. I hate typing. I can't, I can't be in a creative space and sit at a keyboard and create. It just doesn't happen. So what I do is I'm on my phone and I'll lie back down on a couch or whatever and just swipe. Um, now that they have like swiping, I just swipe. So oh, that explains I'm, so much, you guys. You have no idea. Yeah, yeah. That's why it would be sometimes be a mess. You'd be like, why did you type this word? Um, but that's because <laughs> I was just I was just swiping. I would like my finger never left the, the phone. So um, I never have to deal with the technology. I never have to think about it. Maybe if I was better at typing, it would be fine. But like, okay, so you know, you can dictate, especially I know, since but, uh, you enunciate that, well. It might not be as yeah. Uh, no, because because I think the problem is I narrate, so that's work. 
I'm not in a relaxed so talking space feels I'm, like work to you. Well, not just like work, but it's like, it's not relaxed. Like I'm on, like when I'm narrating, right. I'm narrating, you know, I'm on it's, it's that, that relaxed part of my brain. It just doesn't, I'm, I might try it for the, for the Nolan book. I don't know, but, uh, we'll see. Except you can't, <laughs> except he has an, uh, an Irish accent. So you would have to, you'd have to yeah, well, dictate no, but in an Irish accent and your phone that, That's fine. That's it. what I did. That's what I did for the chapter I sent you. I was talking the whole time. I was just talking the whole time. I and I was, I was explaining, like, I couldn't write it without saying it. So I might as well just, I don't know, dictate it. I think so too. I think <laughs> yeah. you should share those files yeah, with yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll eventually all be in the book. Yeah. Yeah. You got to pay for it, bitch. Um... <laughs> There's our tagline. Why wasn't that, why wasn't that our co-author <laughs> tagline? <laughs> pay for this bitches yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay so final question last but not least call, comes from carrie wallace um carrie this, has, is the, this is the question i prepared for i was like i haven't this is her yeah. standard potato question um yeah. as this is a football story and many of a football snack is potato based what is your favorite form of fries and she lists them because she loves to make lists. Waffle fries, shoestring, steak fries, tater tots, curly, crinkle cut, cheese fries, wedges. You first. Shoestring. Shoestring, okay. Yeah. Uh, throughout most of my life, it would be beer battered waffle fries, no question. <sighs> but now a really well done steak fry, uh, salted, and peppered to perfection, uh, steamy on the inside. That's the way to go. Does Mrs. Christ make those, or do you get that when you go out? Uh, she does. She does make uh, good steak fries. And I, you know, and that's the other thing. I can't have beer battered anymore because she's gluten free. So ah, it was a I sacrifice I took on when I married her. I yeah. was like, we'll never split anything delicious ever again. <laughs> Except my... for all the Italian food that she makes you. So what does that, so does True. she make gluten-free pasta? Uh, we, we have gluten-free pasta. We have a chickpea pasta that she makes. That's, yeah, that's uh, super works. high in protein. Yeah. So, you know, um, fits our romantic relationship. I get my protein, she gets her gluten-free. And then, uh, and then she uses penko, like gluten-free penko. Uh, I have that too. For the chicken Parmesan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really good. She makes really good chicken Parmesan. Excellent. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's it for the questions. I feel like we kind of covered everything we wanted to talk about through answering these questions. Do you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, so this is supposed to come out on the 16th. Our cover and blurb reveal would have been on the 13th. So, um, so you people will now know um, January 13th is the Kindle Unlimited release date for Decker changing the play by Kaylee Loring and Connor Grace. Um, the audiobook, <laughs> I still haven't chosen a specific uh, release date for the audiobook. It's kind of um, screwed up. Well, so just so you know, we originally were going to release Decker after um the saint patrick's day book like in march right and then mm -hmm. at a certain yeah. point 
while I was in the middle of my meltdown writing attachment theory, Connor was like, well, why are we releasing Decker after football season is over, especially since the, the, this story actually involves the Super Bowl? Shouldn't we be releasing it during football season before the Super Bowl? And, and I was like, I mean, people read football romances all year long. It doesn't really matter. And then again, he convinced me to release it earlier. I'm very convincing. He's, um, he has a lot of uh, angles that he can work. <laughs> and uh, so we decided to change the release date. So it, it moved up like two whole months earlier than it was going to be originally. So that is why, and we already had like the audiobook, like the editor and the actors um, booked. So, uh, we kind of rearranged things, but we also couldn't rearrange things. Yeah, too that, much. that's the way so, to look at it. You're not getting the audio late. You're getting the you're book. Getting, early. Well, that that actually that's that really literally late. is yeah. how it's gonna yeah. go. Is that you're yeah. getting the kin the eyeball readers are getting the Kindle Unlimited and paperback version a lot earlier <laughs> than you were going to. So it's not a simultaneous release. I initially was pushing for a simultaneous release, but just doing a simultaneous, I've never done a simultaneous release before. It's actually very, very difficult to, to navigate and to orchestrate a simultaneous release. Um, so, um, so it's not simultaneous. The audiobook's gonna come out at least a month after, uh, actually quite a bit after because um, the, uh, we kind of have to give some space to the St. Patrick's Day book first, um, and then <laughs> the Decker audio will come out. But it'll be worth the wait. It'll be duet. It'll be four-person multicast. It'll be Connor reading the sexy words that he wrote, and <laughs> brains and ovaries will melt. The end. <laughs> and he's really, still saying... The only thing I'm really worried about is I'm going to be reading it and being like, why did I write it I that this. way? I know. Why? You know. Connor refuses to listen that. to um, his audiobooks. Like, I've, I've been trying to get him to listen to A Very Bossy Christmas and A Very Friendly Valentine's Day just so he knows what people uh, love about it. And he refuses to do it because he's afraid he's going to hear what he did and be like, why did I do it that way? And it's yeah. so fucking good. I really don't think you will. But um, I still think you should listen to, like, Mackenzie's stuff but anyways um yeah that's the thing too is well actually I have to say for my um my experience like by the time I get the audio files back I'm already like working on another book and so by the time I get the audio files back for a book when I hear the narrators read my books it's a whole new experience for me and I hear stuff that I don't remember writing so it's actually really fun so it'll mm. be interesting to see if it's actually fun for you to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. The other day I was looking at a piece and I was like, did I write that? Did Kaylee write that? It's hard so to I'm tell already forget. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, it's my chapter. I think I wrote it. Yeah. Oh, and I don't remember doing that. Yeah. I mean, I did kind of, cause like I said, I have that thing where like, I can't not make little edits if I'm reading something. And I didn't make, I, I like kind of, made little polishes on things sometimes and i didn't have to as much the more we got into yeah the i only story. overruled you on a couple yeah, yeah 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 um but i always you know if it's anything significant at all i always check with connor first 
But he's always like, you know, I'm not married to anything. And I'm like, you, well, you have to be married to something. Like, you have to care. I fought, I fought for some stuff. You did? Yeah. But yeah. The yeah. Some of that I was like, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but, um, but I also will say, like, there's this texting um, section. And there's this conversation that between um, Decker and his parents. And he wrote it. I mean, I went in and sort of added stuff later. But I read it. And I was like you've literally wrote a Kaylee Loring seat. I, like that was I, yeah, I think I told you, I was like, I'm glad we're working together because you'd sue me. This is just yeah. straight the <laughs> uh, parents texting chapter from your books. Uh, yeah, no, he like totally was, nailed. You know, I mean, we don't have to call it my voice, but like the kind of stuff that I yeah, love to yeah, write. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yes. it was perfect. Yeah. So yeah, and so now we're, we've just started working on um, uh, the uh, very blank St. Patrick's Day book, and uh, and it's a little bit, it's kind of the same, but a little bit different than the Decker thing, just because Connor doesn't feel as much ownership over the characters. But I keep telling him, it's like you know, it's the we're inside Nolan's head now, and it's his POV, so you can make him whoever you want him to be to a degree. And I think that Connor's author voice absolutely suits this sexy Irishman. So, yeah. Well, I sent you my first chapter. And it's two nights ago. Okay. Last, last night. Last night. It was last, it was last night. night. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It was. Uh, so good. It was not easy. No, was he was like, oh, I don't feel good about it. It was a slog, and I'm like, you just. I mean, and he, and I guess you didn't necessarily have this when you were writing decker but like i sometimes i'm like you just don't even realize how good you are like he's just he really had and even the ideas that he has for characters or marketing i'm like like it's it's almost scary like you were born for this this world <laughs> well yeah, he has really good a lab so there you go was, yeah yeah so again yeah. all thanks to ava yeah ava lucas um well it was it's been a pleasure working with you kaylee Oh, and you. Connor has to go pick up his kids now. Yeah. Um, Which, again, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen again. We totally fixed that. (laughs) We we sent me back to the lab (laughs) to make some adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. The $6 million, whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But no, I think I'm I'm excited for for people to to take a look. I think uh, we're going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I do too. And, uh, you know, and if you hate it, well, just fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You already paid for it. That's the, that's the secondary tagline. Um, so, so yeah. you know, read the book. Eyeball read the book, then listen to the book. We're also doing um, two versions of the paperback. There's an alternate, um, <laughs> slightly less sexy cover for people who want to read decker in public and are still embarrassed cool. to have a uh, a naked torso on the cover <laughs> so um yeah and we also have like you know merch stuff and uh, we're going all out so see cool. ya <laughs> <laughs> and scene <laughs> this is mackenzie cartwright also known as the official voice of kaylee loring's lady parts Multiple Eargasms with Kaylee Loring is produced by Elysian Nightfall Studios and The Audio Flow. 
To learn more about your host, you can visit www.kayleeloring.com. Thank you for eargasming.